Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your kingdom, even though it started small, is growing and growing and growing. We thank you that nothing can ever stop the kingdom of God from progressing, and uh, not even the gates of hell prevail against your church. And we thank you that today we are members of that church. Thank you today we are members of the kingdom of God. That wherever we are today, that you unite, us, unite our hearts in the knowledge of that which binds us together. One faith, one confession, one uh, Lord, one baptism. And Father, as we turn into your word this morning, open our eyes. Give us the eyes that the, are anointed with your Holy Spirit. Give us the ears that are anointed uh, by your Spirit, Lord, this morning. And bless my lips as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, my friends, for joining us here at St. Barnabas. Uh, this week we celebrated, uh, I think, about, what is it, 120 years of our existence as, as a church in the patronal festival of St. Barnabas which was just a few uh, days ago. And so we come back uh, to uh, a series of sermons that we did, I think uh, almost 10 years ago, based on, on this book, uh, Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life. And I think I, most of us have this book at home and think it's always a good time, uh, maybe every five, 10 years to open it up again, because it answers, us, it answers this brilliant question of uh, what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? And we looked, we started this series last week, last Sunday, as we tried to uh, deal with these uh, life-changing questions. Well, why am I alive? The question of existence. Or does my life matter? Uh, I'm here on earth. If I suddenly disappear or vaporize, will anybody notice? Uh, is, is there any significance to my life? And last week we, we saw that God has made everything for a purpose. He created everything for a purpose. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything God started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. And so if we want to know the answers to those questions, we got to ask our Creator, why did you make me? Because you made me not just simply, not just because you had nothing else to do, but because you had a special purpose and plan for me. And so last week we looked at our first purpose, which is to worship God, which is to get to know Him and get to love Him. And the Bible calls that worship because we were planned for God's pleasure. We were planned for God's pleasure. When the expert of the Jewish law came to Jesus one day, and asked of all these laws in this Old Testament, which is the greatest law. And he tried to test Jesus. And what does Jesus reply? He says, love the Lord with your, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and most important commandment. Most important commandment. And last week we looked to worship God, is to focus our attention on God with all our mind, to express our affection on God with all our hearts, with all our souls, and using all our abilities, with all our strength, 
for God because this is what brings pleasure to God. This is what his creation does to bring pleasure to the creator. You know, we've been doing a series in our Bible studies on Friday mornings. We're talking about living in the last days. And not once, but more than a couple of places, it says, you know, in the last days, many people will be knocking on the door to heaven uh, or even be like the uh, ten wise and ten fool- uh, five wise and five foolish, foolish bridesmaids. Uh, and Jesus' response for those who are foolish, for those who are not ready, is, uh, depart, I, I never knew you. Or, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. See, worship is all about knowing Jesus. Worship is all about knowing God, focusing our attention on Him, uh, expressing our affection to God. And if we're not doing it now, when the day when Jesus comes back, He's going to say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Then the second most important question Jesus continued to that young man in Matthew 22, he says this, second most important commandment is like this, love others as much as you love yourself. Love others as much as you love yourself. And this brings us to the second purpose in life, why we were created. And that is for fellowship. Now, some people get the wrong understanding of this word fellowship. They think it's uh, something like coffee and uh, idiapam after service in the hall, that kind of fellowship. Or maybe you think of the women's fellowship or the men's fellowship. But the word fellowship in the Bible is so much more deeper than that. It describes a way of loving one another and especially loving those in the family of God. See, my friends, you were not meant here to be on earth alone, to go through life on your own. And the, and the fact of the matter is that we need each other. And it's impossible, as we will see in the next uh, three Sundays, it's impossible to fulfill God's purposes for our life if we are not worshipping God, first of all, if we're not in fellowship with one another, secondly. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, that God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. The entire Bible is the story of God building a family. It is an eternal family because you and I were made to last forever. God is building a family for himself that is going to last not just here on earth but forever and ever for all of eternity. And that's what it's all about. And it's not just your current genetic family that God is talking about having a fellowship. God is talking about your spiritual family. One of the things you're going to be doing in heaven, in eternity, is you're going to be loving God. And the other thing that, you've been going to, that you will be doing in eternity is to be loving those in heaven with you. It's going to be a place of love. And so God says, I want you to start practicing it now. I want you to start learning to love other believers now. John says the first 
The person who loves God must also love other believers. We have to love other Christians. This is a purpose and a goal that God made us for. How do we do that? Well, fortunately, the Bible is crystal clear in the instructions that he gives us. Paul wrote it like this. He said, I'm writing so you will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church. Friends, the church, as I often say, you know, it sounds like a cliche, is not the building. The church is not an institution. The church is not an organization. The church is not a club. The church is a family. The church is a family. It's, it's not a place that you go to. But church is a family in which you belong to. And so there are four different levels of fellowship that we want to briefly look at this morning. And the first level of membership is just choosing to belong. And this is the most basic level. It's a matter of finding a church and choosing to belong to it, choosing to be connected to it. See, the Christian life is not just a matter of believing, but belonging. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christians. You know, some people say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to belong to any church. How ridiculous is that? That just doesn't make sense. It's like saying I'm a football player, but I don't want to be a part of any team. It doesn't work. Or it's like saying, you know, I'm a tuba player. You know, a tuba is one of those big uh, brass instruments. I don't want to be, I'm a tuba player, but I don't want to be in an orchestra. It doesn't work like that. A tuba player without an orchestra sounds pretty funny. It's like a bee who says to himself, I don't want to be part of a hive. Or a soldier who says, I'm a soldier, but I do, want, do not want to be part of a regiment or a platoon. See, a Christian without a church is just an orphan. A church is the place where we live out our purpose and, what, and discover what it means to be a Christian. Because God meant us to be part of a family. In Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Don't we remind ourselves that as the priest takes up the host every Sunday, we break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we share in one bread. Jesus Christ is the head and, and it's ridiculous to say, you know, I love you. I love your head, but I hate your body. I know some people say that about the church. They say, I love Jesus. He's my all in all, but I hate the church and you can't do that. It sounds ridiculous. How would, some, how would you feel if somebody said that, I, I like you, but I hate your body? And the church is Jesus' body. He loves the church. And so it's important in the first step that you belong to a church. And the second part of fellowship, the second level of fellowship is friendship. A little deeper, 
where we start to learn to share with one another. And I'd like to read this wonderful passage from Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2. And this is the, 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 uh, the culture of the first church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. You know, I feel that one of the reasons God doesn't add daily to our numbers that are being saved because the church is not representing of his love. We do not show enough love in the church that people are breaking down our doors to enter into church. Notice two things in this verse. You cannot develop friendships without meeting together. And secondly, you cannot develop friendships without sharing. In fact, friendships develop by spending time with each other, by investing in each other. I know these days people are so busy with their careers, with the stock market, with their own families, and they're not willing to put in the effort and the time needed to cultivate relationships within the church. And so the Bible tells us that there are many ways that we can cultivate relationships within the church. One of the ways is through our experiences. To learn from others, to ask, listen to stories from the older people in our church. You know, if you try to try and do everything by trial and error in this life, by the time you get it correct, it'll be time for you to be going off already. So we need to take time to learn from each other mistakes so that we don't have to repeat the same mistakes because we don't have time to make all the mistakes ourselves. So sharing our experiences with one another is so helpful. Learning from one another is so helpful. And then the Bible keeps on saying many times in First Peter 4, it says, open your homes to each other. In the NIV, it says this, oh, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. In Romans 12, it says, of, uh, practice hospitality. You know, our homes should be open houses, not just for Christmas, but every day. Do you know that in the first 300 years of Christianity, there were no church buildings? All church meetings were held in homes. All church meetings. And I know now during the pandemic and, and we're not allowed to come to church, how important it is for us to continue to meet, uh, even if we can't meet in people's homes, uh, to have uh, meetings on Zoom so that we are connected. We are most disconnected now than ever before. And that is very, very sad. My, my, my daughter has just started her, her college and, and, she, and they have clubs and societies and they meet online. 
you know, uh, uh, MCO or SOPs or whatever, but they still have time to meet and have fellowship and laugh and, and it's good. And I think we have lost out on that. We've lost out initially on the cell groups because if there's something that's really not right in our church is how the cell groups died. If we are going to build strong fellowships in the church, if we're going to build up one another, it has to be done not in a large church with two or three hundred people, but in the small groups of 12 and 13 people. I know some of you may have had bad experiences in small groups and then said, I'm never going to join a small group again. But then, you know, if you go to a restaurant which has a bad service and it's too expensive, do you stop eating out altogether? No. And we have many cell groups and you, if you don't like the cell group that you're in, you can go and join another cell group. But cell groups are so important for fostering relationships in one another. And then thirdly, it says, share your problems. Cultivating deep relationships in church need us to be honest and humble, to be sharing from the heart. That's what Paul says in Galatians. Share each other's troubles and problems. I like how NIV says it. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Friends, we, on, we not only do we need to share our hearts, but we need to do our parts. And that's the third and deeper level of fellowship. Doing our part. See, God did not bring you to St. Barnabas Church to sit and soak in some spiritual spa. That's not why you're here. God has brought you here into this church or into your church to serve. And partnership is realizing that you've got a contribution to make to the body of Christ. You've got certain talents, gifts that God has given you, not just for you to feel um, proud about them, but to, to build up the body of Christ. The whole body is fitted together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 58 times in the New Testament, the Bible says, encourage one another, bless one another, serve one another, love each other, pray for one another. It goes on and on and on. See, we were never made to be independent entities. But in the gifting that God has given to us to build one another up. In fact, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When he's talking about the different gifts. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of works, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, listen to this, not to edify yourself, but for the common good of the church. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit is given so that we might build up 
one another. This is love in action, not just words. And then the fourth and final level of fellowship in the church should be kinship. Now, kinship is kind of an old world word. It's an old word. Uh, you, you've you've uh, heard the word of kindred spirit. A kindred spirit is someone that is very close, your closest relative, your closest family member. In fact, if you go to the hospital, they'll ask you, uh, you know, who's your next of kin for any emergencies, isn't it? Um, and that's the deepest level of fellowship here. Kingship, uh, kin, kinship, loving other Christians like family, treating one another like family. And that is what we need to see in a church. As we looked in that passage from uh, Acts just now, they were like family to one another. They were like family to each other. Paul tells us to be devoted to each other. And not just within the family, intra-family, but inter-family in the church. Many of you know John 3.16 very well, for God so loved the world, and you can probably memorize that. But few of you know 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, We know what real love is because Christ gave up his life for us, and so we also ought to give up our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. This is the deepest level of fellowship. Are we prepared to sacrifice everything for other people in the church, for other families? Have we arrived at that level of spirituality in our hearts? That's the level of spirituality that Jesus showed us on the cross, willing to give up his life for us. Friends, you know, we are losing the very communal nature of the church. The church was supposed to be a, a place that would attract people to it. But we have adopted the culture of the world, especially the Western world, which says, uh, which, which, uh, which uh, uh, exalts in its individuality, in its independence. Me, myself, and I. The self-centeredness, the self-serving, the hedonistic, the individualistic nature of the Western culture has penetrated the church so that we as Christian families become more insular. You know the word insular? The, it comes from a Latin word meaning island. We have little islands in the church and we're not connected as a body of Christ. Peninsula, that's the word uh, we get for, uh, you know, almost an island. See, God put us together in, in, in community because we're going to be in heaven in community. And if we cannot get along well here on earth, how are we going to get along in heaven? This is what life is about, loving God and loving one another. And if you miss this, you have missed the purpose of your life. 
and I feel sorry for you. Because life is not about accomplishments, it is about relationships. You were put on earth to know God and to love Him and to know His family and to love them. Because that's who you'll be spending eternity with. Many people on their deathbed, they don't ask for their medals, they don't ask for their trophies, they don't ask even for their handphones. But they ask for their closest friends, for their family to be next to them. And one day, one day you're going to figure out that what really matters in life is knowing God and having close family and friends. And how much more in a time like this, how many people have died in the COVID wards without having any close ones nearby? And if you don't build those relationships now, it might be too late later on. Loving God, that is called worship, and loving others, that is called fellowship. And the Bible says, your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In the early church, in the first century, as they were throwing, as Christians were being persecuted, as they were being thrown into the arena with the lions, the church was united, the church was strong. They were not living as individual uh, islands as Christians. Even a non-Christian historians would say this, behold how they love each other. Behold how they love each other. This was the characteristics of the early church. And you see what we want in St. Barnabas Church. What we want St. Barnabas Church to be known for it's not our size, it's not our sermons, it's not our singing, not our strategy, not our, even our beautiful building. But we want people to know about our love. We want people to say that's the place where people love each other. Because that's what Christianity is all about. You know why some churches thrive? Because when people find a church, a place where there is genuine love, you have to lock the doors to keep people from pushing their way in. Because people are not looking for religion. They're looking for a family. They're not looking for doctrine. They're looking for love. And when our church can be a church like that, the, our, our pews will be full. Bible says those who do not love their brothers and sisters whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have never seen and if we love our Christian brothers and sisters 1st John chapter 3 and by the way you were supposed to read 1st John uh, whole of last week but if we love our Christian brothers it proves that we have passed from death to life how do we know we have passed from death to life it's by loving our brothers and sisters in the church. The greatest privilege you will ever be off offered in this life is the privilege of being part of God's family. And this is the lab laboratory of love. This is where God has placed us to teach us how to love. This is where God teaches us to learn to love real people not ideal people, but real people. 
Nobody in our small groups is ideal. Neither are we. But we learn to love real people. And that's what God has put us on earth to do. So let me ask you as I close. Which of these levels of fellowship are you at? Maybe you still have to make the choice of the first level, choosing to belong. Are you floating around from one church to another church to another church? Are you attending services here, there and everywhere but not belonging to a church? May I implore you to find a church, to settle in, to belong in. You need to choose a church. You need to take a baptism class. You need to be baptized with other Christians and say, hey, I choose to belong to the community of faith. This is the most basic level. And if you have not done that, that is your next step. Then you need to learn to share. And where do you do that? In small groups. And so it's, I implore you, and I implore our cell group leaders, and I implore the auxiliary body leaders to continue to have uh, activities, even on Zoom, online, to, to build up the community and to build up the faith of each other. And then you need to share your heart. You need to do your part. And that's partnership. Find your niche. Find how you can serve each other in the church. Find your place to give back, to make a contribution. You know, we tell our children, you know, you, you're part of this family, you have duties to do and responsibilities to do. Everybody has to play their part. And it's the same in the church. Every family must play their part and not just let one person do the dishes every night. And then we move to the deepest level, kinship. Are there any other believers that know you are devoted to them? Are there people in this church who know that if they're sick and they call you, you'll be right there? That you're going to be with them in their crisis? That is where we are called to do today. To build up relationships in the body of Christ. And that is why God placed us here on earth. Let's bow our heads in prayer. You know, Father, next to salvation, the greatest gift you have given us is the opportunity to be a part of your family. Thank you that we don't have to go through life disconnected and isolated. But thank you for creating church. Thank you for creating St. Barnabas Church, family for all of us. And as we are proud to belong to a church, but we pray that we might also take the opportunities to love and to serve each other um, to heart, Lord. Let us not live as isolated individual families, but as a as a united family in the body of Christ, Lord. Teach us how to love one another and give to one another and to support one another and to encourage one another. Please, Lord, for we need more of you all every day in this laboratory of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.